You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Nerds! Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Tough loss Monday night against Boston. Um, I'm not really one for moral victories, but I will I will say that that, that game did feel good last night. Uh, had kind of a Rocky 1 uh, type vibe to it, uh, the way that we kind of came back towards the end, hung around. Came back at, at the end of the game and uh, and uh, almost won the game. I mean, you know, even even though um, you know Boston was up, had a nice little lead with a few minutes left in the game, the Grizzlies were able to to tighten it up. Um, how does that loss last night make you feel about the team pretty much so far this season? Like th- to me, it makes me think like, all right, you know, we we somewhere where we're supposed to be. Like that, the way we looked yesterday, even in a loss, made me feel good about how the season's going so far. Well, I think you have to, Sane. And 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 two, you know, we've been talking about Jaron Jackson being gone all season long. Mm-hmm. And hopefully he's back, you know, soon in terms of reestablishing that defense. And we're seeing signs of a of a team that's getting back defensive. But last night, too, you didn't have Steven Adams, who we know has been mm-hmm. so key for you. More on him later. But averaging mm-hmm. 11 rebounds, it's a career high for him. You take that out of the lineup as well. And you still hold the Celtics you know, reigning Eastern Conference champions were in the finals last year to 109 points. Remember last time we came in here saying, we were mm-hmm. saying five of their first seven, they'd given up 120 or more points per game. Right. Well, they, 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 they've shut that down here basically mm-hmm. over the last four. Um, right. in, in a lot of ways, haven't gone over 109 in terms of what you've given up. The, the 109 mm-hmm. we call money from Boston in terms of what you've given up over the last four. So, so back, to the, back to your question, I think you have to feel real good that you were in it right there with the Eastern Conference champions to the end without Jaron Jackson, without Steven Adams. Feels like a broken record saying, saying we've been saying without so much early on this season. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But again, the, the Grizzlies have been doing this uh, much in the way with a with a patchwork lineup. And so to be right there again with Boston after falling down, fighting back, I think it says a lot about this team and a lot about what Taylor Jenkins is getting out of a unit right now that doesn't have several key parts of it. Yeah, man, I think it was really encouraging. Like you said, we will talk about uh, Stephen Adams later on in the show, uh, how important he is to this team. Uh, we're going to dedicate a whole segment to that later on in the show. Also, we're going to return uh, who brought the seasoning. It's, it's, yes, it's, it's back, man. We took a, we took an episode off of who brought the season, and we'll be back. We'll let you know who impacted the team, uh, either in a good or a bad way, uh, since the last time we spoke. Um, but one thing I will say about uh, the game on yesterday is that um, – you you feel like after that game that you're on the level of those type of teams in some type of way, you know, that you can compete. The Boston was without their guy too now. Robert Williams was out. He's he's your all defensive, you know, all defensive player of the year type, you know, all NBA first team type guy as well. Um, like we were missing Jaron Jackson Jr., but still um to hang with that Boston team um was very encouraging. Now I will say what was discouraging to me. Is Boston is so damn long, man. <laughs> They're so long on the wigs. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Yeah. Um, 
tough, man. Like, you know what I mean? Like really, really hard to guard those guys. Then you got uh, uh, Marcus Smart, who's just, you know, a pest on defense, a reigning defensive player of the year. Um, they're tough, man. They're they're really tough. And, and then they added guys uh, in the offseason. They kind of add to what they're doing. Um, they're – that team is that team is really good. And I think they're going to be good again, regardless of the coaching situation. I think they're still going to be good this year. And Jason Tatum is just simply incredible. It seems like he just gets up for coming home uh, here to Memphis. I call it home. He's not from here, of course. He's from St. Louis. This is probably the closest city to him. And of course, he has those War Eagle ties. Uh, uh, of, of course, you know he's from St. Louis or whatever. But um, yeah, man, Jason Tatum is incredible. That part is discouraging because you're watching the game. You feel close to those guys, then you feel so far apart too. Because it's like we don't have guys that can match up with that six, seven, six, eight, you know, wing skilled guys like that with Tatum and Brown. They've got two of them. They got two of the best in the league on one team, and they're so hard to match up with, man. But um, I feel good. I feel good after that game. There are some things that I will take away that I will say negatively about the game, but I'll hand it off to you first. What are some things that you kind of were concerned about uh, after the game yesterday? I, I I just think, again, when you're talking about a one-possession game uh, with a team that you mentioned, Jason Tatum, as good as he is, Jalen Brown, you know, combination that last night gave them 60 points. Mm -hmm. You know, to be in that game against that quality of opponent without several of your key pieces, you know, saying what it got me to think of those, man, how much different would this look if you've got Jaron, if you've got Steven, and you can limit a couple of those opportunities where maybe Boston's getting a second or a third chance when you've got those guys, what does it look like then? You know what I'm saying? You're never going to stop. I call him light-skinned LeBron. You're never going to stop mm -hmm. Jason Tatum completely. Right. But, when, when again, what would it look like if you were closer to full strength? I realize they didn't have the key piece in Robert Williams in terms of defensively, but I just think I have a hard time thinking the Grizzlies aren't right there at that right. level, mm -hmm. especially when at full strength, when you watch a game like last night and it comes down to, to one possession. You know, John Morant is a big part of that. And last night it just felt like, okay, he's giving you 30 pretty re relatively efficiently too. And last night, you know, your big two, you, him and Bain, are you know, combined it's it's 49. Doesn't match mm -hmm. up. We saw we saw earlier this season. You know, yeah, Kyrie, we saw, for 80. We saw exactly <laughs> yeah. and outscore Kyrie and KD on mm -hmm. a night where they were trying to kill you offensively. And so, again, I tell you, you know, you're right there. What would this look like if you're whole? And and at the least, at the least when you're whole, saying it feels like if, if not just if not right there, not, not much than just a notch down. And so, again, you know, to be able to get this done to improve defensively the way they have here over the last four games, no opponent going over 109. They were giving up 120 before they got up out of bed those first seven games. You, you know, you're seeing good signs. Again, coming after a loss, I, I just – more encouraging things, I think, than discouraging sitting right. here at seven and four. No question about that. Right. Especially, like you said, knowing that Jaron is coming sometime soon. Uh, yes, there's been some kind of subliminal stuff he's putting out there that makes it feel like he's coming sometime this month. Um, I've Heard got my own. I think he's gonna be back sometime next week. I think I, that's what it sounded like. Saying sound like you're breaking. Yeah. Sound like he was telling people at his uh, appearance uh, yeah. the other day at a local restaurant, Wing Guru, uh, that he'd be back within the week. Now I don't know if that was back to you know five on five or back, but it saying mm -hmm. it feels like just like you're saying, like it's like it's really close. Yeah, it feels like it's gonna be. It feels like it's gonna be really close. That is a good feeling. That's really assuring. Before history is written. It's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, 
It's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. There are a couple things about last night that I will be Debbie Downer about. Okay. Uh, number one, we got a lot of bad dealing last night. We, we we did see the effort and energy on defense. There was a play where he missed a layup, then he came down, he stole a pass, did like a behind-the-back pass for a layup or something like that, which is incredible. Classic trick-or-treat dealing. But we kind of saw him in key moments kind of taking some bad shots that kind of put him in a bad place. That's one thing that I will say that, you know, Dylan, we've seen, we've seen things we've man, What if Dylan got it? You know, what, what if, what if the, the light bulb is finally hit where he realizes the best way to get his money is just to fit in with this team and be just a complete player who, who does everything and just kind of plays off a job, plays off of Bane. Uh, but last night we saw him playing a little hero ball. That was a little discouraging because like I said, man, Dylan give up and Dylan take him away, man. You know what I mean? We, we want to see him be, uh, this player who fits in more into what the team's doing. But, you know, it, it seems like in the worst times, he'll he'll rear his ugly head, taking bad shots, air balls, you know, turnovers, those type of things. Uh, something else I'm worried about, um, Ja Morant last night. Ja had a big game. Can't remember his stat line yesterday. But just kind of pulling away from the, that individual game, just over the last few games, it's almost like Ja's abandoning his mid-range game. And when I was mid-range game, I mean the pull-ups, the floaters. It's like everything with him. Now, his three-point shot, I love the amount of threes he's taking. I love them. Of course, I love the ones he's, he's making. Five, five of 12 last night. Yeah. Right. He was, he was you know, putting them up. And, he was letting them fly, and he was locking down threes last night. He's been locking down the entire season. But with him, it's almost like it's, I'm going to shoot. I'm going to step back and shoot a three, or I'm going to try to take the ball all the way to the all back. But teams are giving him that mid-range. And I think he can be so so much deadly because he gets down there, he gets frustrated. He's not getting the foul calls. It's almost like he's playing for the foul sometimes. He's getting frustrated by those type of things. But if he could hit that mid-range shot, he'd be literally be unguardable. You know what I mean? Um, trusting his teammates a little bit more. And I think what it is, Jaws' game probably ever since he picked up a basketball has been based on his athleticism, getting to the basket. With that being, you know, playing A, B, and C. Now he's adding the three-point shot. And this summer he's worked on the mid range. He's he we know he has a crazy floater anyway. Um, I think it's just it's just a comfort thing. I think he's kind of um, maybe afraid to just you know going to trust. I think it might be a trust thing where he's just afraid to really trust what he's worked on this summer. But I think if he just you know relaxes, trusts himself and what he knows he put the work in in the lab this summer, I think that we'll see his game get more complete because he's been super. Uh, uh, frustrated on the court with some of the uh, just shots he's missing, some of the defensive coverages, uh, not getting foul calls. But I just really hope he can open up with that that mid range game. Like that's that's just kind of one of my things that I'm kind of um, frustrated about about last night because we saw it a lot last night, some late game turnovers, things like that. But we're talking about one of the better players in the league, and you know he's going to figure it out. No, I'm I'm glad you brought up this point. We'll start with with what your your concerns about Ja in terms of. You know, either the three-point shot or taking it either too far in. You know, I thought, you know, Brevin mentioned this, if I'm not mistaken, the other night, that mm-hmm. he thought Ja was pulling up a little late on some mm-hmm. of those floaters and getting too far in. Yeah. And you got to think, too, now, saying you make a great point. Defenses, defenses have adjusted to him now and know he's coming and trying yeah. to get down here. Trying to get, I think part of it, he's feeling his way through. Part of it, you start the season, you're getting those superstar calls. Mm-hmm. And I think I think he thinks he's got a better chance of getting those calls right 
at the rim here of late and less of one if he's going back to the mid-range. But there, 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 there's a balance there. Give me the two points. You know what I mean? Like, 100%. Yeah. I, and you can knock that down like we've seen it. Whether whether it's literally that floater or it's the pull-up, he's got that ability. And I just think he's been going away from it a little mm -hmm. bit of late, feeling his way through. I think you're absolutely right. Pull that up there. These defenses are waiting on you to come inside, and lately it's been arms up, and they've been playing you the right way. Mm -hmm. I'm with you. Find find that balance again, and then and then back to Dylan. You know, we talk about you know Josh sort of feeling his way through with that that mid range game and and where to use it. I think for him, man, you know, because last night, uh, last night the first time that you had Bain, Dylan, Ja, all three of them together and lost. You had been five right. and zero. Oh, in 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 games that all you'd had all three of them, we're talking about patchwork, right? You've only so so you've only had six games where all three of them together. I, I feel you on Dylan, and last night we saw him pressing. Um, I, I will say, you know that that it's coming on a night where Bain's only giving you nineteen. I, I can, it's almost like I can feel him trying to. Do, am I pushing the gas too hard? Now it's time for me to push the gas when when maybe they don't need it. It's it's that feeling through for him and. And in a lot of ways, listen, I, you and I have talked about this off air, on air, you know, in a season where contract year, you figure in Dylan Brooks's mind, I'm going to get the most money in terms of free agency, everything else. If I do the most, if I score right. the most, uh, play the best defense, show I'm a playmaker. But it's so essential for the Grizzlies this year for him to fit in, to go back mm -hmm. to where you started this whole thing, to right. fit in that spot. And so it's kind of runs counter like we've said, to what you would think his mindset is. But I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt early. It didn't look good at times last night. But for the most part, he I, I think he is finding his spots and where, most importantly, look, I need to defer. Because Dylan's never been about deferring. That's that. Yeah. That's the main lesson for him, is, is, is when am I giving it up to the guys, you know, to Desmond and to Ja. And, and, yes, it's been up and down. It's been frustrating at times. But I'll take the record five and one uh, when he's in there with those two other mm -hmm. guys. And I will say this, saying it leads us to the question we started off episode one with. It, it goes back to, well, how much do does this organization really need him, right? right? Can it can it get the best parts of Dylan somewhere else, or does that edge he brings, saying even when he's having a bad game, yeah, off how the, valuable is it? That's is that edge something that's that's you know integral right. for this team with its DNA? Because that's been part of it too, and it's been mm -hmm. part of their rise. But I, I'm with you. It's been it's been up and down for Dylan, no question about it. Hopefully, he's going to find a nice little middle yeah. ground, like we're talking about John in that mid range game. Right.